Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's going to be another reality review today with Sean Pendergast. We'll talk about hard knocks. We'll talk about very cavalry. Tomorrow, I start my weekly appearances with Michael Lombardi, or I should say Michael Lombardi starts his weekly appearances with the Deceptively Fat podcast. So I, this is deceptively fast, not deceptively fat. That was that was a Freudian slip about was, me. Yeah, if it was just a fad, that would be a bad thing. Yeah, so uh, last a long time. <laughs> Sean, I feel like I feel like we might be watching one of the great Hard Knocks episodes or uh, series, whatever installments this year with the Cleveland Browns. Just in that, I feel like we might actually see a coach get fired before the end of Hard Knocks. Yeah, it. This has been pretty good so far. This um, has been so much. Yeah. It's so much great. So much Greg Williams, so much Todd Haley, the coordinators, and then Hugh Jackson, who's on, at least theoretically, should be the hottest of hot seats with two egomaniacal pricks working for him. And I feel like it's just a matter of time until everything explodes here. And he's surrounded by ego because it's not just the two guys he has working for him who theoretically are his choices, right? Like yeah. he gets to hire his staff. Um, and if I were a coach who was trying to keep my job, well, if I were a coach trying to keep my job, I'd try to hire the best guys available. But, man, yeah, two total alphas underneath him. And then Dorsey, <laughs> Dorsey above him is not exactly a guy who I think Hugh Jackson's going to be able to manipulate or push around. Like, I feel, I, I feel like Hugh Jackson is kind of cornered at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it feels. And, and there's only so much he can do. He's sitting there preaching about culture change and everything. And – it's so hard to watch because I think you and I have covered this already, but I just don't know what you do when you're already in the position he's in where he hasn't won for two years and he's just lost in humiliating fashion and just and just been completely pathetic as a football team that somehow now you're supposed to change the culture. We've talked about this already. Yeah. I don't know what to do other than that, like, Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman's a mess, and Corey Coleman ends up getting traded in this, uh, in this installment, yeah. in this episode. And Corey Coleman, so everybody remembers, is who the Browns chose instead of Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. And with, I don't know if it was with the blessing of Hugh Jackson, but it was all part of Hugh Jackson being here. And now you get traded for a seventh round, a 2020 seventh round pick. To Buffalo. To Buffalo. Yeah, like that. I felt like that was, I I felt like that was the best way to honor his wishes by the Browns. Uh Because he walked in at the beginning of the show. And Corey Coleman was just taken aback that he was running with the twos. He, he went in there. I give him credit for going in and, like, approaching the coach about it if he's concerned about it. You know, from that standpoint, like, okay, well, this guy, he, he obviously cares. He's just not very good at football. But I, he's not – he has no self-awareness. Like, dude. Oh, no self-awareness at all. He's lucky to be running with the twos. Exactly. Well, and here, we'll play this clip of exactly how it was going for Corey Coleman where somehow, even after all of this, he still doesn't understand why he's running with the twos. Come on, Corey, get some shoes that work. Stay off the ground. Details, Corey. You gotta gain trust. If he doesn't think you know don't know what to do, it's gonna be a hard time gaining that trust. It happens all the time. 
Come on, Corey, run, Corey. Go get it. Ah, come up with that, Corey. That's you against him. Come up with that ball. Pride yourself in it. Come on, Corey. In the red zone, making a there. Giving up on a inside. It's in your chest. It's written in my chest. That's about what it's been. Yeah, if you, until you show me otherwise, I'll get excited. Right now, I'm not. I think he looks around. He's distracted. Doesn't run. One of the goals. He looked like he was running five miles an hour. And there you have it. So that <laughs> that's Todd Haley. Yeah. Steadily getting more and more frustrated with Corey Coleman. Yeah. Okay, Todd Haley, lay off the guys who run five miles an hour. Okay. Five miles an hour sounds pretty five, fast. Five miles me. an hour, you know, at no a slouch. mile pace, that's, you know, it's a 12-minute mile. That's, you know, a lot of us out there trying to grind on that five-minute mile, Todd Haley. Corey Coleman is a fast-twitch athlete, <laughs> so actually for him to run five miles an hour might require more effort. You know, like Earl Campbell couldn't run the mile because he was so fast-twitch. Great point, Seth. It's a great point. Yeah, the here's my thing with Corey Coleman. Like, a red flag for me for a player would be like how many pairs of shoes do they own that yeah. they don't ever wear and should it be <laughs> a thousand or less should it yeah. be less than a thousand and for those who didn't see it that was the first scene of hard knocks this week was Corey coleman's closet and just he was marveling at the shoes he was able to buy and and just fascinated by how few shoes he was able to wear <laughs> and i'm watching this i'm going oh my god this that would be one of my questions at the combine for guys how many pairs of how many pairs of shoes do you own? And the, like some expensive of shoes, do you, shoes do you too. You want to own, yeah. So Corey Coleman, you almost have to get him out of there because he's become the emblem of everything that's been wrong with the Browns organization. Totally, totally. And like, I love that they send him to Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo which, is like the Night's Watch. Of the <laughs> NFL. Like, you know, they banish guys in Game of Thrones to the Night's. You're going to go down, and eventually you'll learn how to run routes to have Josh Allen overthrow you that's on those exactly routes. Right. It'll be like maybe those two will connect because Josh Allen will errantly throw it to the wrong place, which is where Corey Coleman will be in the wrong He's place. He's always there, yeah, absolutely. The, my, if I had to do power rankings, I'm going to start with the kid that when I first saw him in the first half of Hard Knocks, I didn't think I was going to like at all. But then as I got to know the relationship between him and his father, Devin Kajust. Yeah. Devin Kajust, the tight end who is, like, playing injured. His father has had con congestive heart failure That's or whatever it's been. A what was it? He just had his third heart attack. Third heart he's, attack. He's had, he's had three heart attacks, a stroke, and like two or three other things that have happened to him. And the funny thing is the guy looks like he's in amazing shape. I know. Like, he I look looks really like – I hope I'm his – I don't know. He might be our age. I guess he is. We're, we're getting old now. Like, Devin Kajus could be our son. He could be. I mean, except that I'm, I'm always on the lookout, and I'm on record as saying this. Hard Knocks producers, for whatever reason – love a white guy with long hair if they see a long-haired white guy it's like a siren for them they have to go to him and i think they think like oh he's gonna have personality be artsy um devin kajust i don't look i don't know he's he I, I don't i don't know what his racial background is but he does have long hair i think he did go to stanford yeah because i remember him tearing the ass out of notre dame in a game one uh, year and I, you know that's that's stuck with me that's <laughs> um but uh, that, that's all I really know about him. But yeah, his dad. His dad looks like he's in amazing shape, but he's falling apart at the seams. That was a that was a tug at the heartstrings kind of story with Devin Kajust. And, and you want him to make the squad. Yes. That's the big thing. You see him playing through this shoulder injury. He's got lots of grunting going on. One thing, kids, if you're listening, one thing I learned early on in life: 
lots of grunting and facial straining, and coaches will look at you. And no matter how bad you're, like, sucking at something, yeah. they're like, that kid really works. That kid grinds. He's tough. He's George, tough. George Costanza always told us that. If you just sit at your desk and you look frustrated and shuffle papers around. That's right. Yeah, just pe- make it look. <laughs> people will think that you're working really, really hard if you have that look on your face. Here's one thing, as long as we're on Kajus, that I don't need again in hard knocks. I don't need a dude mic'd up who just got his rib cage caved in. Like the sounds that Devin, you you can probably That's tolerate. Right. No, it, you I can't. Made, you it was prob- worse. Oh, see, I figured you probably made those noises before after some dude came in and got underneath your rib cage. I'm listening to him. I mean, like when when he's mic'd up, you can like you can practically hear the cartilage in his rib cage, uh-huh. like brushing up against his lung. I'm like, oh, that is where they they put the mics on the shoulder pads too. It was tough to listen. So that to probably him. is exactly why why that sounded so nasty. And then he was playing with a bum shoulder and he made a few catches. Mm-hmm. Like he's a pretty tough kid. I think they picked a good one there. I don't think he makes the team, no. but I think he's he's that gritty and everything, and you want to see him do well. Maybe he pops up somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, the other prospective interim head coach for the Browns other than Todd Haley is one Greg Williams Greg Williams appeared acting a whole lot like Greg Williams okay can you uh, first of all Haley's been a head coach before I to my knowledge Greg Williams has not been a, a head coach has right he? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he hasn't been uh Greg Williams as a head coach is something I need to see <laughs> yeah, I need I, I need that in my life I need to know Greg Williams is a head coach of a bad team like I'm bracing myself for Mike Vrabel as a head coach but Vrabel's not as unhinged as Greg Williams, but I think he's a little unhinged. Right. Like, I think he's going to have a tough time handling losing if the Titans lose. But Williams as a head coach is something – forget about head coach. I need Hard Knocks to follow Williams home. I need to see Greg Williams getting – Oh, he's a, he's a kitten. I'm sure think? he's a kitten. Yeah, he's yeah. so he's so tough with other men's bodies. Yeah, see, like when he's in a position of power, he's all tough. Like, I don't know if Greg Williams has ever been in a fight in his life. No, but you look like he come up. He's so doughy. You could easily – you could put him into a chokehold, and he'd probably he'd probably call you sir for the rest of his you life. You think – because I feel like Greg Williams, like if he got done wrong at like an HOA meeting or something like that, yeah. like if one of his neighbors got on him for leaving his garbage cans out oh, an you extra think day. He'd go concrete Charlie on him. Like Chuck Bednarica. <laughs> Chuck Bednarica got arrested for like almost choking somebody to death at the age of seventy. I, yeah, I mean, with this, the only thing we have to work off of is what I've seen on Hard Knocks. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, God, what would Greg Williams be like if they undercooked his steak or something like that? This is Greg Williams last night. Hey, get your ass in at halftime and get seated. You're on defense. Get the f- over here. We're walking around. Get to the fucking huddle. When you don't get in and out of the huddle, when you don't substitute, when you don't communicate, when you don't fight, you don't belong. And I don't care what athletic ability you have. Young guys, this is not college football anymore. All right, so there is at halftime, obviously. I, I actually kind of like Greg Williams in this one because when he was yelling and screaming, he was at least just yelling and screaming about effort, which I feel is always – that's always been the acceptable spot for me to really flip out is when guys aren't giving effort. Yeah. I love, I've always loved coaches that will be by your side and support you as long as you're trying and busting your butt, but if you don't bust your butt, there's hell to pay. The problem is with Greg Williams, you know, that it goes way beyond all that. Yeah, no, he's, he's clinically insane. I, <laughs> um, how do you reconcile this whole culture change thing and the Antonio Callaway part of this whole story? You know, because you hear Greg Williams in there, and he's on the ass, the collective ass of the defense. Todd Haley can't say a nice thing about anybody out there when he's coaching the offense or coaching anybody. 
he doesn't even like the names of the guys on the team. He's like, oh, the name Carl for Carl Nassif, like Todd Haley. And then you've got Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey sitting there. Like, I was waiting for this Callaway scene, not only because he was stupid and being out at 3 a.m. and having weed in his car oh. or whatever, but he didn't tell them. Like, he, he didn't, didn't proactively tell, tell them. I honestly, as much of a jackass as Antonio Callaway is and as much as he's made his own bed, he's got that sweet face. Like, where he looks like a child. He's yeah. got those innocent eyes. Very likable. And that's why I'm, like, at times a pushover as a dad. I'm a complete sucker for the puppy dog eyes. So you, you're watching him, and you see how heavy his conscience is. Like, you see all of that is weighing on him. He's probably only gotten two hours of sleep. And that right there is where I felt like Todd Halley made his best case for, like, all right, this guy's got a little bit more depth to him than what I thought. Because you could see Halley was kind of being a hard ass to him. And then realized halfway through that, oh, there's something more going on here. And he tried to get it out of him in, in not like a jerk way or anything. I think he was actually trying to talk to him like a human being. Well, he's clearly a player that they care about because of the way they handled this thing. They and are, because they only have four healthy wide receivers. <laughs> well, and, he, and he's played pretty well in camp, and we saw him score a touchdown in that game against the Giants. Um, and so they're, they're kind of handling him with kid's glove. And the other thing that we saw with Haley with respect to Callaway, the, the fact that you can see they really yeah. – are invested in this kid is Haley going up to Jarvis Landry to encourage him to take Callaway under his wing, which Jarvis Landry looks like he wants no part. No, I know. Jarvis Landry, who wants to be – I'm glad you brought that up. He wants to be the leader in everything. Right. But you're right. He showed no interest in actually having Corey Coleman move in with – or excuse me, um, Antonio Callaway move in with him. Yeah, like it, it's one thing like Jarvis Landry – the sense I get two episodes in about Jarvis Landry is like – Okay, I'll get up in front of the team and yell and scream and MF them because this will only take about three or four minutes to yeah. do. But, boy, this like this thing about taking Antonio Calloway under my wing. Like, he's, like <laughs> I Steve, don't know, he's, but like, he's like Steve Stifler in American Pie. Like, talking to girls? That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> you know, like, taking him under my wing sounds like a, a lot of work. And I, don't know, I don't know if Jarvis Landry is married. But like he in, is, he is. So in well, his mind, he's got his girlfriend. Remember they're oh, that's the right, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So he's thinking like, I gotta come home and explain to her. Like, listen, he smokes a lot of weed, so right. <laughs> he's gonna, gonna be hanging out at the house a lot. <laughs> we'll make him go out back, okay? Um, and then the way Haley kind of tried to, did you see what he did? Where he said to Land just after Landry kind of like sheepishly was like, okay, coach, about yeah. taking Callaway under his wing. He's like. This is what Larry Fitzgerald would do. Yeah. You know, like you gave him that whole thing. Right. Like, He's like, he said be, Larry Fitzgerald would do it. Yeah. yeah. If you want to be a leader. You want to be great. If you want to go ahead and take yeah. a Michael Floyd in. If yeah. you want to talk about, so speaking of my uh, Notre Dame people. Yes, exactly. Uh, take, your, take in your Michael Floyd. You brought up that Todd Halley making fun of names. I I need to listen to this one more time because I'm still not exactly certain exactly what the jab was. Let's let's listen to this. I'm like, oh, let's name him Carl. Look at this baby. <laughs> Name him Carl. Oh, Gucci, Gucci, Goo, Carl. <laughs> How do you like? It seems like you don't get that name like later in life. <laughs> Carl, Carl, where, where is all this animosity for the name Carl coming from? Yeah. I don't. For the life of me, I don't think any baby looks like the name they should. They should be called Coochie, Coochie, Coo. If you're gonna give them a name that fits their appearance, like no, of course nobody looks like a Carl or a Jim or a Seth or a Sean. What, what is this with Carl? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I feel like it's kind of personal animosity towards Carl Nassif. I and all feel the, like a Carl might have 
done something to him. <laughs> I know. It, well, and it's not like what? Like Todd. How do you name a priest Carl? Well, and he's acting like Todd. What is Todd the most badass name of all time? Yeah. Dude, like, be careful where you throw those stones, man. My parents fought long and hard to come up with the name Todd. Todd. Do you know how hard it is to come up with Todd? Yeah. They Originally, they had me pegged as an Anthony, but they saw me in my crib and they thought, nope, Todd. To me, there's zero doubt that Todd Haley was like a bully back in elementary school. Just like, making fun of kids' names yeah, and like, everything. Yeah, like if you're making fun of someone's name as an adult, like, there's, <laughs> like, like that's not something you evolve into, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's something that you are, that's something you evolve out of over time. Landry Locker was telling us the story about how Todd Haley and his wife like a, won a million-dollar lawsuit because they'd found a rat in their salad at a restaurant. Really? I have not fact-checked this, but Landry told me, and Landry's usually pretty careful about this stuff and, and follows this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't I don't know what to make of that. I feel like I need to say it. I have no idea what to make of it. I guess if I found a rat in my salad, would I go after the chain that did it? What I always think is, look – it, it, that, this is some teenager that screwed up somewhere. I feel like I should tell the manager, but it's not like it's not like the CEO of the restaurant or anything is is so lax that people are laying leaving rats around in salads all no, over the place. No, no, but I like I feel like the older I've gotten, the more likely I would be to sue to get like as I watch as I get older and I see all these people that have made money off of all these lawsuits yeah. with these faceless corporations. And you feel like I should get some of mine. Yeah, right, get some yeah, of mine. yeah, a little bit, man, like a rat in my salad. It's it's kind of a traumatic thing. That's a really traumatic thing. Is I don't it, think I'd ever a, be able to eat. Was it a dead rat or a live rat? <laughs> I don't know. I do Can I tell you I would prefer the live rat? Because at well, least it would run out, out or something. You yeah. wouldn't bite into it. Yeah. I bought. I was eating an apple in the dark a couple of days ago. Sounds depressing, I know. But I, I didn't want to. I was up early in the morning. I didn't want to turn the lights out. And I kind of. I went out to my car. I opened the door, sat down, and the dome lights on. I looked down, and it was like I'd eaten half of something that had been eaten away. Oh. Like it was like inside. It was all eaten away. Oh. There was no worm to be seen. Yeah. So I don't know if I ate the worm or what, and I'm still Dude, kind of freaked out by that. Apples on the list of fruits that after they kind of start to go bad a little bit, they're really nasty. Apples near the top of the list because <laughs> it starts to change in taste a little bit. Uh, all in all, a very good episode. I don't want to beat this to death because you have a show to prepare for. It's okay. Uh, very cavalry. I think you and I are both on the same page. There's less and less Jay Cutler and – Less and less interest for me as I see less and less Jay Cutler. The only Jay Cutler we got this week was him taking his wife on a day date. And wa- right, walking farm. the dogs to a farm <laughs> and him trying to chase a chicken. Yeah. That's all we saw was him trying to chase, which is hard to do. Don't judge Jay Cutler harshly for not being able to catch a chicken. It's, no, it's Rocky difficult. Balboa couldn't catch a chicken. No, there too. Well, you see the woman at the at the end when she actually snatches she it. You kind of violently it. snatch yeah, it. Yeah, she, she's done that before. That's not her first chicken chasing. The one thing I was impressed <laughs> with with Very Carvalary this week, uh, aside from – Aside from the fact that this kid Worth continues to show that he's only on this show because it's good publicity for him, he's there's there's no way the kid that has his family's private jet and a house in Pensacola or wherever it was uh, on the Gulf Coast was is working retail. No, for no, and he's got the long. He's the Devin Cajuste of very cavalry. The, the he exactly is, hair. yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought it was a solid move by him just for just when I was really starting to hate him because he discloses they're supposed to go around and say something they're embarrassed about that they don't tell a lot of people. And he went the ultimate meathead said, you know, I've always been kind of insecure about my small legs. Even Shannon. Even who, Shannon. Even <laughs> Shannon, who like, is the ultimate uh, worth sycophant. 
was like, ew. <laughs> this is a turn off. <laughs> this, is, this is a guy who's totally into himself. <laughs> yes. Because it would be one thing if it was a normal guy saying it, but Worth has like, got a physique that people oh, – he's a good-looking guy. He's running on you know, the beach. It is. It's like, it's like a model, a female model saying, like, oh, you know, it's, I actually hardly ever eat. Oh, no. Oh, no, please don't tempt me with that cheeseburger. Yeah, no. like, nobody wants to hear it. No. So like, nobody wants to hear it out of Worth. But – at the very end, Shannon's boyfriend shows up, John, and then Brittany's boyfriend, John, show up. Spoiler alert. Uh, for, if anybody's still watching this show, which is, we we're doing, doing it out this, of duty. We, we, may be, we may be doing this podcast just for us right now. And at first, I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Okay, the producers set this up or something. But Worth, who is kind of in an awkward spot because everybody's speculating that Shannon likes Worth right. and John, her boyfriend, is none too happy about it. Worth actually called the boyfriends and said, hey, you should surprise these guys at the yeah. end of this trip. That's about as smart a move as you can pull off by Worth. They, to me, it's a lock that Worth is going to drop the hammer on Shannon now. Like he's sucking him. Keep your friends close and your enemies close. Drop the hammer as in... It's he's in, just going for it? Yeah. Oh, so then he turns yeah, out to be the I, ultimate jerk. Yes, I think he's doing it to throw him off of the scent. Like, he, like that John, John was – John rightfully had his guard up and was really jealous early in the season. <clears throat> and now I feel like Worth is kind of like – you know, like he – like John's going to have his guard down now. Like, yeah. oh, Worth's a pretty good guy. He invited us to the house and everything else. I don't – I wonder – I find it very unlikely that Shannon didn't hop into bed with Worth after the cameras were off. I feel like it might have happened. Already. I I just think at some point on that trip to De to Destin is that where they Destin. were? Yeah. Destin. In, in which case, this is a good way to throw John off the scent of that. Right. Like, be like, hey, bro. Look, hey, yeah. everything. I'm everything is cool. Man, I got my I girlfriend you. and everything. Yeah, I invited you here. Bro. I wear I wear blazers out to beach bars in Destin, Florida. Right, that right. that irked me. I don't yeah. know if you noticed, he was wearing a sports coat out at this like little dive he beach was. bar in Destin. That he bothered was. me with Worth. The other John that's with Brittany yeah. way out kicked his coverage. Yeah, he's like I, and he doesn't even realize it. No. He's sitting there talking down to Brittany. Like Brittany, who seemingly could have like her pick of whichever guy he wanted. Like she's an attractive woman. She's, she's going hot. places. Yeah. yeah. She's like she's really Focused. smart and everything. And he kind of just he kind of sits around and tells her she's stupid or she doesn't know what she's talking about. And he's an ugly, ugly person. Yeah. Like, he's not a good looking man. He she must be really talented. Or have I, a gigantic I, I, penis. Uh, that's true. <laughs> he must have a huge penis. Well, I'll try to we'll try to figure that out next. Yeah. I have to start. I'm gonna let's Google John from Very Cavalier. John Stone bulge. is his name, I believe. John Stone. John Stone, which oh. sounds like somebody. So who like John Snow. Well, it sounds like John Snow. I got intrigued, yeah. like some Game Game of Thrones action. It sounds like a porn name. All right, man. I'm excited about Hard Knocks again. I eagerly await Hugh Jackson being fired before the completion of Hard Knocks. And I eagerly await the appearance of Des Bryant in the next episode. Oh. He's coming in for a workout oh. this Thursday. Oh, how about the director of player signings, whoever that front office type was, who oh. was talking to John Dorsey, and he looked terrified to be talking to John Dorsey. Well, and he was handing him the list of wide receivers like he was handing him his fantasy list. Yeah, you know what like, I mean? Like, and Dorsey's like, oh, I see you got Des. Uh, where's Des on this list? I don't even see him. He He's looked like 29. a He looked like a cub reporter in the 1930s, like handing over his first story to the editor, yeah. like an editor with a big cigar. Be like, what the hell is this trash? Yeah. I'm going to teach you how to write up here. Yeah. <laughs> He looked yeah. petrified. He did. He did. I, but I think he got the sense that Dorsey – I think Dorsey likes Des Bryant. I yeah. think they're going to sign Des Bryant. Uh -huh. And you could tell that the little the, you know, the little analytics dude that was handing him the list was 
nervous about having Des Bryant so far down the list. Oh, is that what it was? That's what it felt like. That might like. be He's like, like he was afraid. Like that was his opinion. He had Des Bryant at the bottom. Oh, because the because the kid said. Well, he's 30 years old, and John Dorsey very quickly corrected him, 29. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like there may be some of that. So I'm anxious to see that. I feel like dropping Dez in the middle of this season, like this is a pretty good season so yeah. far, and you drop somebody like Dez Bryant, that's like dropping Mike Tyson like into the middle of like season three mm-hmm. of The Office. Oh, especially like, if you get him to flip out on the sideline. <laughs> right. If he yells at Baker Mayfield or it's, something. It's been a good season so far. This will not take down – the quality of the, like adding no. Des Bryant in will take up the compelling. I don't know how good he's going to be at football, but I think he's going to be an amazing hard knocks character. If this goes well, if this continues to be a good season, then I think they almost have to try to go to the worst team every year. Yeah. Because there's invariably more drama on the worst teams because they don't have things in un, under control. And most of the time, unless that team made the playoffs the year before, yeah, you can tell them, hey, we're or unless they hired a new coach, yeah, you can. Tell them they have to do it. You know, they've got rules. Right, the right. That you can tell that the NFL and they HBO can force you to can do it. Force you to do it unless you fit certain criteria. And the worst team in the league, unless they're hiring a new coach, is often more often than not going to fit that criteria. Worst team in the league or coach that's on the hottest of hot seats. Yeah. Because then you're going to get all the the pressure and the at times incompetence. Yeah, I don't need to see like hard knocks Minnesota Vikings. No. Like, oh, look at this. <laughs> yeah. Look at this really good, fully functional psychologically team. Right. Well, yeah. that's what. We used to say that the worst reality show ever would be Mike Trout and J.J. Watt. Like, if they were roommates, <laughs> yeah. you'd think, like, oh, wow, awesome, right? Like, no. They'd be no. like, hey, what do you want to do today, no. buddy? It'd Go like, work out? Right. All right, it, awesome. Yes, it'd be like periscoping That's, their workouts. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like, that would be cool. But after that, if you're not into the workouts, right. it's like, oh, here's two, two guys who do everything right all the time. Yeah, let's go get some green tea and some kale for yeah, lunch. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were inviting me. I got excited. Fine, fine. Did you? Oh, you no wanted to go out for green me. tea and yeah. kale? Right. Someday, Seth. Thanks, buddy. I'll catch up with you next week. It sounds good, man. Thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.